0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more, and this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Samantha Harris of Dancing with the Stars fame, where we talk about cancer, wellness, and her simple tips for finding, as she titles it, your healthiest healthy. Or Michelle Tafoya, known popularly as a sideline reporter for Sunday Night Football where we talk about infertility and adoption. If you've liked these episodes or others, please tell your friends and do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed. And now for this episode, it truly brought me back. We all remember where we were at certain times in history. In elementary school, I remember hearing President Reagan got shot and my mom nearly fell to the floor bursting into tears because it brought her back to when President Kennedy was assassinated. When I was in middle school, I remember walking from the library to my classroom when I heard that the Challenger had exploded. And recently, when I interviewed this week's guest, a 9-11 widow, I cried throughout the entire interview because not only was her story so heart-wrenching and beautiful, I too was living in New York City and so vividly remember my experience during 9-11 which was in fact vastly different than hers. I am beyond honored to introduce you to Jenna Jacobs McPartland. She's a certified culinary chef and owner of the Stan Vegan Cafe. She's a classically trained soprano who left her Midwestern roots to follow her dream of being on Broadway. She was living a beautiful life, married to an amazing man and was pregnant with her first child. And then 9-11 came and she so tragically lost her husband, Ari. Jenna's story is heavy and heartfelt. Though she's been through an incredible ordeal, she shares with us how she put one foot in front of the other and how she's been able to keep going, focus on love, and find a purpose. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for today's guest. You are going to love her. I love her. Her name is Jenna Jacobs McPartland, and she is the owner of The Stand Vegan Cafe. She is so passionate about sharing healthy foods and vegan foods because behind it, it's all about love and kindness. Now, she has such a story to tell, and I'm Excited for you to listen to it because it's really powerful and it's really heartfelt and it's really, really heart wrenching. Yet, through it all, she has been able to find joy and to be able to spread that to other people. See, her husband was killed in 9 11, and as she'll tell you from her story, she was pregnant, and this led to much of a roller coaster. But as I said, she is somebody that when I've walked in and I met her, she's got this glowing smile and she just embraces the world around her and you'd never know. And so I'm really excited that Jenna is here to tell you all about it, to share with us some of her wise words when you go through hardship, and then for us to talk a little bit about some of the other commonalities that we have that we can't wait to share. So Jenna, thank you for joining us today on the podcast.
1: I am so, so happy to be here.
0: Well, like we have these side conversations in The Stand Vegan Cafe, and what's interesting is we've always said we need hours to sit down and really catch up on a few different things. So should I think we should tell everybody some of our mutual like we didn't know we started talking. And guess what everybody? Guess where Jenna is from? Drumroll please. <laughs> All right. I'm from Minnesota. Yay. So as many of you know, I'm from Minnesota as well. And then what's interesting is as we both follow each other on social media, when I posted something for my birthday in July, Guess whose birthday is a week after mine? Jenna's. So we're kind of laughing at some of these silly little things. But anyway, first, Jenna, before we begin, uh, can you tell us a little bit, um, you know, just something fun about you or or light about you that gives the listeners a feel for who you are?
1: Oh, my gosh. Something light about me that gives a feel for who I am. Oh, that's such a that seems like a small question, but it's a big one. Um, I, (laughs) I okay. Oh boy. Party tricks. I can turn my feet around backwards.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Are you serious? I can. I can turn them around backwards. I have really bendy knees. And I say that, I mean, it's not like it's a huge part of my personality exactly, but it's just like, like we all have goofy quirks, right? Yes.
0: Yes. I love that. I love that. See, these are things that, you know, maybe like when we were doing the college, icebreaker, or for you, you were classically trained in New York City, you know, like when you start to meet people, like you might tell something like that, but in adult life, I don't think we really do that, I thought you, right, yeah. I, I thought you were going to go with your stint um, on Broadway in in Oklahoma, like I love, oh, I think yeah. I think that that's fun, I can, my dad used to play the piano, and he'd always play Oklahoma, dun 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 dun, 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 dun. So anyway, so I digress. Maybe later at the end, you know, you're the classically tra- trained soprano. So
1: um, I should not I, be the that's one singing. definitely fun and continues to be fun, even even um, not on Broadway, just wherever I get, whether it's my car or in my faith community, I, I'm still singing.
0: Oh, that's that is amazing. Isn't that interesting? Like when we were little girls to think that some of our whether it was hobbies, like grew into a potential career and then just to, as a part of our day to day. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, now on, on to your story about Ari and, and 9-11, would you, you know, please share as much or, or as little as you want about how you were touched in by 9-11 and then, you know, how you walked, took one foot in front of the other to get through it.
1: Um, well, I... First of all, I feel really blessed that I grew up in a supportive family and that I had a really good head on my shoulders because I was 27 and pregnant when he died. I'm also grateful that I had five years with him, that my first years of adulthood were spent with this incredible effervescent role model of a man for me who role modeled the kind of life that I can have once he was gone who role modeled the kind of man that I would want in my life later and the kind of man that I want my sons to grow up to be. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for his, um, his friends who still are my family. Um, and yeah, the loss cannot be overstated. Um, but he left me with such incredible gifts and frankly, the world touched me. So most people, um, you know, they don't have the world supporting them when they lose someone. And I did because I was in newspapers all around the world. So I had people sending me CDs of songs they wrote or their own children's used baby clothes. And um, like my mailman had to make a special trip to my house every day. I hand wrote 1,200 thank you cards. And that doesn't count the people who donated to the Red Cross to keep people like me afloat. So those are like, I had the world come to my aid. How incredible is that? And that's like, that's really the lesson that I that I got from that, that I wanted to carry forward into my life. What I could learn from my husband and what I could learn from all of the people who, who just wanted me to be happy.
0: Wow, I knew I would cry during this interview. <laughs> I did not realize it was gonna be so soon. Everything you said is just so beautiful. And I mean, I'm very lucky that I, you know, my, my husband has been standing along right side me with my journeys. I can't imagine. I have been touched by other people that I'm close with and to go through whatever grief that might be. I have felt, and as you so beautifully articulated, when when you don't have to go through it alone, right. it's a little bit. A little bit
1: easier. And it gave me hope that my future was going to be okay. That that Ari was gone, that I couldn't do anything about that. I couldn't bring him back. I couldn't make myself somehow be happy about that. That was just going to be sad, period. But Ari isn't the world, right? The world right. is the world. And, and I got to learn firsthand that that world at its at its heart is a is a good place and and frankly I had a little baby who needed me so I don't want to sugarcoat it I I thought about taking my life I did it was it that grief was so painful yeah but I had this little baby that needed me to love him and wow. now the baby is six foot three plus and two hundred <laughs> and, and oh I just and love him my life. How much fun have I got to have raising him? Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, it, in retrospect, again, it, it all sounds so beautiful. You know, I think, you know, to your point, a lot of people were watching back then, specifically you and, and the other mothers and widows and uh, having to deal with the tragedy of of the world and your own. How did you put one foot in front of the other with your son and with your life
1: well I guess I focused on him okay you know he was just oh my I mean you you're a mother and you know just what a what a beautiful what a beautiful gift so that, I mean, that was, that was certainly the biggest part of it. Uh, I also had something of a job. It was not my professional job, but I did a lot of interviews for the media and it gave me a purpose. I got to go, um, you know, when all, all people were raging about Middle Easterners, I was like, no peace. And so I had, I had a, what I felt to me was a, was a job to do these interviews and deliver a message of peace. So that helped me. Keep going i got to get up and live for my son i got to get give up and and deliver a message um and then also physically you know honestly our brains only allow us to handle so much at a time so i remember um going out to dinner only a few days after ari died with uh with his friends my friends Mm -hmm. um and laughing and and we also paused for a moment realizing that we were laughing and then realizing that that was okay. So, you know what I mean? Like we, we can only have it so much and our brain really knows that.
0: And so, I mean, again, I'm, I'm sitting here just thinking through my own thoughts as well, because so much of what you say, for those of us of the age that we remember where we were, you and I are the same age and, you know, wherever we were on nine eleven, knowing that we have our own stories and then hearing yours and knowing this was going on. I you know, I'm sure yeah. I saw you, not knowing it was you and you know, nice. someone who would be my friend years yeah. down the road. And and then to your point of sometimes even a few days after, when tragedy hits, in this case such, you know, magnitude of a tragedy for you and for your family and for all those around you, but to be able to sit down and actually laugh yeah. about whatever it might've been, like that's powerful. Now, yeah. the I know we've talked about, you've connected with some of the, or, or shortly thereafter, you connected with some of the other wives and you decided to start a foundation. Mm-hmm. What gave you the idea to do that? And was that cathartic going through your journey?
1: Yes. It was huge. Um, right. So, so I had all these, all this baby stuff that people yeah. had sent like really my basement. I'm not kidding. Was full of baby stuff. And I thought, well, so I have all these things and all these other families have these babies that outgrow stuff really fast, but I bet that there are moms out there that have a hard time obtaining stuff for their, 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 babies for yeah. their to be babies. So I put together a, a drive to collect baby stuff. Um, I got hooked up with uh, parents magazine who okay. helped with it. And, um, and I ended up collecting an 18 wheeler full of baby stuff and $7,000 that was donated wow. to Bro in New York. It was, it was huge. Yes. But along the way, what I really realized is that there are other organizations that are helping moms and moms to be, and I didn't need to be another one. What I learned through doing that process was that what I had was my experience of grief, my access to attorneys, um, my access to medical, mental health professionals, um, and my access to other widows going through the same thing. And that what was really needed was sort of emotional and practical support for people who are dealing with sudden tragedies, like, like car accidents. You don't have the same kind of help assistance, emotional support that I have.
0: Right. Wow. So then, then how did you transition toward that direction?
1: Well, so I got together with a few of the other so-called nine 11 moms. Uh, We talked about it and, um, and we sort of put together a, a, a plan for what we wanted to do so um we raised funds um one of the other moms uh, had a connection in the the army so we ended up being in contact with about 400 um army widows and providing uh, it was small but financial support holiday gifts yeah um, and we wrote a book of personal and, and practical advice um that each uh, each of our families got and what is the book called? Oh my goodness. I, you know what? I don't even remember it na- right now. Uh, I, the, I remember our logo being on the front. Yeah. <laughs> i have to like run down to the basement and go find go find a copy. Was this, so this
0: was something you personally wrote, all of you personally wrote for them.
1: Yeah. So we yeah, personally it. wrote it. It's not like you can go out to Barnes and Noble and, and buy a copy. It was something that we had published ourselves.
0: Well. And I think that again there's there's a need for so many different things in the world, and this was meant to be personal for them, and that's beautiful it didn't yeah. need to be a you know amazon's number one or new york times bestselling book it was meant to really help and serve a purpose
1: it was and it was and it was cathartic in that it was paying it forward. I had received so much and and realized that that was that was really unique that's not that's not normal that's not yeah. typical to receive right. what I- so it really was about paying it forward, and that, um, and that helped helped me feel like like all of this had a purpose.
0: So what happens? I mean, it's been can I do my math quick? Nineteen years. It's um, about nineteen. Oh my goodness! Um, it's been almost nineteen years. Well, and so Gabby's nineteen, going to be nineteen. Yep. Uh, and how do you? you know, clearly grief comes in many different stages. Yes. And so as somebody who's, you know, been dealing with this for 19 years in in reflection, what advice would you give to other, sp- you know, spouses m- or moms who, lo- who lose their husband, on hu- excuse me, husbands or even part- partners unexpectedly?
1: Um, keep going. Know you are loved find a purpose. And and if you have to google me and call me.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. I I I even think that those what you just said works for anybody going through grief of any nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you you know, I I can speak as a cancer survivor though it's vastly different but we you know, we've gone through some grief even people today Again, I, I don't ever want to compare anybody's hardship to another hardship. Is, is hardship, and it's hard whoever you may be, and it's relative. But a lot of people are struggling with COVID nineteen, and they're you know having to live differently, and they've got to figure out how to keep going.
1: Yes, I agree with that, and and I and everybody has a story. Yeah, they
0: do. Yeah. And that's where I, you know, as, as you and I have talked about before is when I, I didn't know your story when I first met you and that, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wow, how, how can this be the case? I feel like, you know, I felt like I, I've known you. I've, I've, you know, we've been acquaintances for, you know, for some time. And it's interesting that everybody does have a story. I, I so often will tell, and I wrote about in my book, how the day I was diagnosed with cancer, My husband and I were hungry. I mean, you got to eat, right? So we went to get a snack. And then I went to a makeup store because it was there and because it was around New Year's. And I was like, all right, I'll maybe buy a lipstick. And so I went, I asked questions about the lipstick colors. And we chatted for a few minutes. And I walked out of there and I thought to myself, wow, that woman who was so kind and we had a nice conversation, has no idea that I was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Yeah. And so, I, I think this, um, you know, in some ways may lead to what your your mantra really is now about being kind and being compassionate to all because you just don't know what's going on in somebody else's life.
1: Right. Right? Yeah. Forever, I remember there was, I went to, when Gabby was a baby to buy him his first pair of shoes. Now, Gabby at almost 19 is over six foot three. He's just uh-huh. always been a big kid and so even as a, a baby as a toddler, he was big. So the the guy selling us shoes commented on his feet and asked if his father was tall. Oh. And I just right? That's what I mean. Like you just don't he didn't know. I was not like I was gonna be mad at him for it, but I right. was trying to hold tears back. Because I didn't know, do I tell this young man yes. selling me shoes that, you know, this my baby's father died a month ago? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So we just and we don't know. I and I feel that way about my cafe. Whenever anybody walks in, um, that that I don't know what is going on in their life. And my job right now is to assume that they need me. They might need me to notice the look on their face. They might need me to just serve them a really great sandwich. But my job right now is to serve this person.
0: Oh my gosh, you got me! You've got me tearing up again because I think about how. You even said to me that your role for so long and still as a mom is to obviously take care of your kids and how going through what you went through has changed your connection to family. I don't know if that's, I'm not using your words and how you fed them, how you nourished them and now how you want to do that for the community.
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. I think you know, family's always been really important to me, and I just loved my husband to pieces. Um, and then I have this baby that I just love more than anything in the world. And, and you know, it's a common phrase. Food is love. And, um, and I have loved my children, through, well, through cuddles and all kinds of things, but yeah. through food. Um, and that's anything from, you know, trying to, to make sure that they have healthy nutrition, but also to make sure that they're having fun and enjoying the celebration that, that comes with, with uh with communing around food. And now they're, you know, they're teenagers and I still make them dinner every night, but they need me a little bit less. And so here's my opportunity to take what I've learned as a as a mother and in nourishing my family and to, to bring it to the wider community. Well
0: and, and I'll say that my story is many of the listeners know, and as you know, parts of it is that after my stage four diagnosis, I wanted to have a little bit of control in my cancer journey because cancer is a mind of its own. And so I started researching who was thriving with cancer and what were they doing? And a lot of it was all about a healthy lifestyle and eating a whole foods, plant-based, largely vegan diet. And so I will tell people like, yeah, it can be hard to change if you let it, But the stand means a lot to me because just that place there where you are now. See, I knew I was going to cry this whole time, Jenna, is that I would drive because I lived in Milford at the time, just a few towns over from where I'm living now in Fairfield where the stand vegan cafe is. I would drive down there because I didn't know what to eat. I knew that I wanted to eat clean. I knew that I wanted to eat wholesome, like plant-based foods. I particularly don't love to cook. And so me spending hours in the kitchen to figure it out wasn't going to happen. Or, you know, hey, and I had a five-year-old and all these things going on. So I would go to the stand and I would try different things. You know, I always tell people when they want to start juicing, go to a juice bar because it, you'll you'll figure out the different Ingredients that you like in your juices, and I feel the same way about a whole foods plant-based diet, is that go to the experts, because most communities have them. I mean, definitely we do here in, in Connecticut, but I would go there and... As you have grown it even more, you don't have to be vegan to eat whole foods, plant-based vegan food. You make an amazing mac and cheese. You know, I'm a salad person, so I think the miso kale is the one that I love there. Your desserts are so decadent, like, and it, that was how I helped myself heal was through changing my lifestyle and obviously food's a big part of it but I couldn't have done it on my own and so like you whether you knew it or not and now have become a part of my story
1: that makes me that makes me so incredibly happy and yeah that's that's what we're doing you know the stand vegan cafe is a place of non-judgment we have all walks of life come to us and and I like to say that I I make vegan food for people who think they don't like vegan food, <laughs> and, um, right? Because it's all about having high quality ingredients that are going to um, play with your palate and nourish your body at the same time. And so it really, from a, um, from just a taste perspective, it doesn't really matter if you're using, you know, eggs and butter or olive oil, you know, and, right. and, and, and tempeh um it's all about having like good skills and good seasonings and um and just really knowing how to cook and we all have a skill mine's cooking and I like to cook for people so um so yeah and I love to to sneak in healthy ingredients the mac and cheese that you mentioned is made with cauliflower and carrots yes
0: I love that too I love I love 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 that too
1: and that's a seasoned and so it's so it's delicious
0: can we talk about for a second I, I never had this but I meant to the buffalo marinated jackfruit with your melt what is it homemade gouda
1: yes <laughs> yeah that is a that is a decadent treat but the the gouda is actually made out of coconut milk
0: that's what I I, I figured that okay coconut milk
1: yeah so it's coconut milk and then it's thickened with agar agar which is a, a a sea vegetable product Um, and so it's all, it's all supernatural, but it has that sort of melty, right? Instead of being saucy, it has a melty, stretchy quality to it. Oh my
0: goodness. That sounds so good. (laughs) Maybe I'm just hungry right now and we're talking about food.
1: Not lunchtime, so.
0: Right, right. So, so do you have any, when it comes to going through hardship and, you know trying to put one foot in front of the other is there anything else or when it comes to like nourishing your family is there is there any advice that you want to give anyone who's going through hardship with how they can make things a little easier
1: i think i think people have to be compassionate and forgiving with themselves grief comes with so many feelings feelings we didn't even know exist there's so much fear there might be guilt um and trepidation about the future. And I think we all need to be really compassionate and take care of ourselves, take care of our bodies with good food, take care of our, our mental and emotional well-being, surround ourselves with people that we know love us, um, and, and really take time to, to have compassion for what we're going through, to know that it's going to take a while, but that our brain, our body, our heart It knows what it's doing if we just let it take its time and do its job, that it will get us through this.
0: Wow. I, I mean, again, looking at things in retrospect is a lot easier than going through it, but those words are so calming, and the way you say it too is so calming that just knowing that tomorrow's a new day just knowing that it may take time, but that there is hope is really a beautiful thing. And I think you and I I actually were laughing about this is um, when I was going through some of my darkest days dealing with what I deal with, I always try and do, you know, you talk about being compassionate to yourself. Uh, I do believe that we have to do like one nice thing for ourselves a day even if you you're having a horrible day like what's that one nice thing okay and maybe you can't do it that day but then the next day what can you do and listen i can't tell other people what that is it's got to be you know specific to something that makes them you know that will make them smile that makes them feel light and what so often it was for me and you know a few people who know me well Know that that might be watching Days of Our Lives as ridiculous. You know, you and I were laughing about that because we, um, you know, we, it's so silly. And you know, who knows if soap operas are going to be on much longer, right? But right. I, um, at various points in my life, when I, you know, I felt like the world was might maybe was was caving in a little bit, I would you know, stay up and watch 20 minutes. You know, it was on my VCR tape, you know, at one time, or now maybe I, you know, you can get it in the NBC app. So there are always ways for me. And to me, it's not even so much about it. Yeah. I feel like the characters are my friends, but, um, it's also, I've been, I, you know, I, I started watching days of our lives in the eighth grade. It reminds me of my childhood friend, Leanne or my post-college friend, Anne, or my new friend, Um, In recent years, Lindsay, who we will talk about these characters as if they were our favorite, you know, books, but they really, you know, we were talking about you met two of the characters, Eric and Nicole Brady, and I was so excited to hear that and you know, tell us. You said they were really nice, right? It
1: was so super nice. This was actually at a benefit in L.A. for me and my son, Gabby, when, when Gabby was a little a little baby, um, and it was sort of a um, an actor's studio workshop kind of thing that was, was put on as a benefit, and they happened to be there, and I was a long-time Days watcher, Days fan, so that was this, like, huge, like, celebrity moment for me. Yeah. Uh, but they were so incredibly nice. What down to earth, um, just like kind, open people. It was it was so it was fun to see that as a as a fan. But then it's also really fun to bring that back to my my new friendship with you and all the things that we have in common. I know. I mean, like who
0: knew? And as we're talking this, so I totally forgot. So back in my days when I worked for Disney and ESPN Media Networks one of the networks one of the disney networks is actually soapnet and so when i got the job there i was like laughing i'm like this job's perfect for me because i had worked in sports working for the minnesota timberwolves and target center i so there was the espn side the disney side um, yeah, I mean, who doesn't love the magic of Disney? And then SoapNet. I had been a lifelong, like, soap opera watcher, right? And I did meet Lucas. Do you remember Lucas?
1: I don't remember Lucas.
0: Right? I got to meet yeah. Lucas and at some event that we had for SoapNet. So for me, you know, some people, like, they've got these huge celebrity heroes. Like, what? when we were growing up, it was probably, like, Tom Cruise, right? Um. And who else was somebody that when I was loving as a kid? Oh, Molly Ringwald was like Molly the, Ringwald, like,
1: Kirk Cameron. Oh, Kirk Cameron. Oh, goodness. Right? Oh, um so, many.
0: And so some people would have been like, I or you know, Michael J. Fox, like he's still just an icon. Um, yeah. for me, meeting Lucas from Days of Our Lives, I think his name's Brian DeTillo was like yeah thank you very much. I'm having this celebrity moment. I know because I was working, I couldn't be like, please come give me an, an autograph. Um, but we had some extra ones at the end. So I don't have one that says, Karen, you're awesome. You know, but I got, you know, I, I got, I got to meet it, and he too was really nice. So I'm glad to hear that Nicole and Eric and, yeah. and Lucas kind of made our childhood dreams feel good. So anyway, on the, on the note of being grateful, I as many of the listeners know, I play with my son most nights, the grateful game, and I am hoping that you would be willing to play it with me as well.
1: And well, I would be happy to do that. We actually have our own ritual of wishes and thankfuls that we do at dinner every night. So this you is a, a new twist on this for me. I'm so happy to participate. Oh my goodness,
0: I love that. So it, so tell me about that. Wishes and thankfuls. You do it at dinner every night. And what do you guys like tell yeah, me about
1: it? So we just go around the table and we each say Um, something that we are thankful for uh, that day or just recently popping into our brain and something that we wish. And it's something that I can sort of use as a form of meditation and a form of of helping the kids to get out of themselves a little bit. It's fun to watch like the things that they wish for when they were five and the things that they wish for at, you know, 13 and and 15 and growing in their sort of nobility and their their reach into the world and the depth that they have now. Um and and bringing us back to gratitude at the end of of the day when we're all together getting to share that with each other. It's just a really beautiful special moment and they and if I forget, I don't usually forget but if I do they'll remind me.
0: Well, I I will say in general, I think having any type of gratitude, positivity, mindfulness practice can be monumentally changing for your health and wellness. I have seen it for us. I mean, just going through the day, I am looking for things to remember to tell Kyle at night when in, in our practice. And I would I would suspect that you and your family the same with knowing it at dinner that you want to talk about something whether it's what you wish or that you're grateful for that you know then you're looking at life with a positive lens. And it doesn't I mean I felt feel like it can be life changing but it doesn't have to be difficult, right? Right. It's just so simple. So, all right, so the grateful game. So what we do is we will I'll give give us each 30 to 45 seconds. Kyle and I will do a minute or two and you know, cuz he's 11 he wants to compete with me. So whoever can come up with the longest list of what they are grateful for and why in that day, right? So, I mean, yes, of course, I'm so grateful for my husband. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm, I'm grateful for my health, living almost seven years now with stage four disease. Um, uh, those are inherently, I am grateful for, but, um, and then to, and then we tell each other why. So, all right, I will start out and then, you know, and then then, then I'll pass the baton to you. So, all right. First of all, I will say, because you are here right now, I am so grateful that we finally got to have this long conversation. I never intended all those times. I don't even know if I knew I was going to do a podcast then because I would see you after my TV interviews and I'd be all like makeuped up. And, you know, I would always often look different than when I would come in with the ponytail on the top of my head. But you, we always wanted to have this long conversation about the, you know, kind of the ups and downs in our lives. And I'm so grateful that you took the time to be with me today. Thank you. And for sharing your story. So thank you. Um, I am grateful for the fact that the weather is kind of cloudy out and not so great, believe it or not, because in these COVID times, and since I have a compromised immunity, I'm not really going to public places. Uh, If they're outdoors, I'm just conscientious to make sure that they're not as... As packed, and I love the Long Island Sound beaches, and I love the beach that's near my house. But with so many people there, I can't go. But because it's kind of yucky out, I can go. So believe it or not, I'm I'm grateful for the cloudy, kind of muggy day today. And I think that hit me at 45 seconds, so that's oh. two. But you know that that's me. That's today. So I'm going to throw it to you, and let's. Um, I want to hear what you're grateful for.
1: Okay. And I appreciate the explanations with each one. Um, and, and I'm going to just take a few things for granted, like my children and my, my husband, Matthew, um, and my husband, Ari. Um, and, uh, I love the sun and I'm really grateful for sunny days, but I'm with you today is cloudy and it makes me feel cozy and I get to go have lunch with my children. And I'm really thankful for that. I'm thankful for kismet. And I'm thankful that, um, regardless of whatever anyone believes, that the the universe has given me the opportunity to say, hey, you need to know this, Karen girl. Uh-huh. Um, you're I <laughs> <really> crying <laughs> again? Um, and um, what else? Oh, you put me on the spot, and then it becomes really hard. Um, I am thankful for tomorrow because tomorrow is going to come. Yeah, and um, I am thankful for my dog, Colonel. And getting to go out and take her for a walk because she makes me get outside every day. And I know that I need that. And she apparently knows that I need that. Um, and I am grateful. For, um, <laughs> this is kind of silly, but I'm grateful for my little platform sandals. Um, there's nothing like just kind of making yourself, giving yourself literally a boost. And, um, and there are days when I feel like I need that and a good pair of sandals.
0: Um, okay, I, I need those sandals. Uh, so you beat me. Uh, But as I I really I've been like a cheerleader my whole life on the sidelines, like trying to, you know, like keep people happy and excited, including myself. So I never um, I don't really care who wins. And, you You know, know. you did win if you know, if you need if you need the award, um, which I know you don't. But. Um, I will tell you again, so many things that we could continue to talk about, but platform sandals, I probably need to see those because I always could use a lift at just about five two. um, they always like, and right now I found these shoes online at two o'clock in the morning, which you should never buy anything that way, but it was linked to my PayPal account. I'm like, Oh goodness. But they're like tennis shoes that are platform that are camo. And so, so that's what I'm wearing right now. So we both must have a love of shoes. But anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you, Chef Jenna, for being here with all of us today. Thank you for sharing your love for Ari and Gabby and Matt. Your um, is it do I, do I call him Matt or Matthew? Because I've seen They're it both fine. ways. They're fine. So um, <laughs> thank you for your compassion and your kindness and just always having a smile both like on the other side of this microphone but you know every time that I've seen you and I promise you know like I've had um I haven't been in public places so I haven't been able to see you but I can't wait till I get to give you a real hug and not just a virtual hug and to all the listeners thank you for um you know for being here and hopefully you got something I know I got something out of this episode um you know never realizing I was going to but always knowing I will So, um, giving everybody a big virtual hug, have a great rest of your day. I'm grateful that you came and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be connected soon. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. For many others, having a regular mindful family check-in works as well. Like today's guest, Jenna and her family, they talk about their wishes and thankfuls at dinner. Or our previous guest, Samantha Harris, who discusses roses, buds, and thorns in their day. Now, if you have a regular mindful practice, please share it with us. We would love to include your helpful ideas to our listeners. You can connect with me on Instagram at prettywellness. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.